So part of being vulnerable is admitting to ourselves and others that we're not perfect. And in fact, we're embracing our imperfections. Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable shows strength and it shows courage. It does not show weakness. Hey guys, this is Coach K and you're listening to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast, where we talk about you. This is about you, your mind, and your path. So I'm really excited for today's episode because not only do I think this is a really big issue a lot of people deal with, but this is also something I feel like I'm dealing with on a daily basis right now. I think one of the things we like to confuse perfectionism with the most is being focused. Like we may look at a person who is driven, focused, or just making stuff happen and think, wow, they must be perfect all the time, right? That must be exhausting. But being self-focused and perfectionism are not the same thing. Being self-focused is saying, how can I improve? While perfectionism is more about what will they think? But before we go deeper into this topic, I did want to start off this episode a little differently than the rest. I think it's important that my intentions for you as a listener are clear. Like at the end of the day, when you listen to the Making Changes, Breaking Barriers podcast, what can you expect? So first of all, I can promise you a unique perspective. While this podcast is about you, one thing I've always found so helpful in my journey of growth is hearing about other people's experiences. And while I recognize no two experiences are the same, my experience will be unique from yours, I do believe that sometimes we're able to find commonality between two experiences that can either help us learn something, see a different perspective, or even just find peace and commonality in the fact that someone else has been through something similar to you. Secondly, I hope that being part of this community gives you permission to be honest with yourself about your thoughts, feelings, and actions. I really do believe that this honesty is so crucial in the growth process and without it, it can be increasingly difficult to move forward. And lastly, I want to be clear that I do not have all the answers. I'm very aware of all that I do not know, but my biggest goal for you here as part of this change with Coach K community is that you're able to listen and take at least just one small piece of information away, or maybe it's a personal story I share or some tip that you can take away, reflect on, maybe implement and find helpful in your pursuit of living a meaningful life. So with that being said, like always, my reminder to you today before we begin is listening to just one episode will not be all it takes to change your life. I think that's pretty clear, but I do just like to give that reminder. But I do hope you continue to tune in here and put in the time on your own to reflect on these ideas and tips because that constant dedication and commitment to self-growth, to your mind, to your life is an awesome first step on this journey of change. Okay, so let's get into today's topic. Here's the reality, guys. We're not perfect. None of us are. And perfectionism is not what we should be striving for. I really like this quote from Brene Brown. She says, Understanding the difference between healthy striving and perfectionism is critical to laying down the shield and picking up your life. Research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, it's often the path to depression anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. So admitting to ourselves and others that we are not perfect 
is being vulnerable. And vulnerability does not come easy to us as humans. You know, when you see someone who, at least from the exterior, seems to be totally just 100% themselves, right? Like just the way they carry themselves, the way that they interact with others, right? It's admirable, right? It's like, seems kind of hard. How are they doing that? How are they just able to have the confidence to be 100% themselves? I have to actually shout out the queer community here because to be honest, to be totally yourself when yourself is totally different than anyone else you see walking up and down the street is so freaking hard. Our society for so long has been so rooted in social norms. Like if you're a female, you will wear dresses and have long hair, right? I'm simplifying this, but you kind of get where I'm going with this. If you're male, you will be tough, you'll like sports, and you'll have short hair. Well, what happens when someone as an individual does not fit into these norms? They're now automatically different. These people are now part of the minority. So one person I've always really looked up to is Abby Wambach. You may know her and her wife, Glennon Doyle. They have a podcast together. It's called We Can Do Hard Things. I'm a huge fan of that podcast. I actually rarely miss an episode. But before she started that podcast and before she was married to Glennon, Abby Wambach was a professional soccer player. She's actually one of the greatest female soccer players of all time, if you don't know who she is. And she happens to be someone who dresses a bit more masculine and has short hair. So on one of their podcasts, this was a while back, but Abby was opening up about her experiencing using public bathrooms and how this has just been a really uncomfortably tough experience for her, right? She walks into a women's bathroom, a public bathroom, and immediately gets looks and even sometimes comments from other women about why she is in the bathroom, right? Those people are making very quick judgments on her, believing that she is male just because of the way she dresses and the way that she wears her hair, okay? And first of all, hearing this experience gave me so much peace to know that I was not alone in what I was feeling every time I walked into a public restroom. But also, I just constantly think about how people who look different go through life being so vulnerable, The vulnerability I feel that Abby Wambach feels or any other woman in this case who dresses a bit more masculine and has short hair, you know, the vulnerability they feel every time they walk into a public bathroom, every time I walk into a public bathroom is so real. It's not a comfortable feeling. But when we're vulnerable, when we open ourselves up to the outside world, we get to let go of shame. What if I were just to say, you know what, this is too uncomfortable of a situation, I'm just not going to use public bathrooms. And I just held that shame deep inside me. Like Abby actually gave the example in that podcast that sometimes like when she's in an airport and she's trying to work through this, right? So I'll give this to her, but I understand her thought process here. She may even hold it, right? Not go use that public bathroom, wait until she gets onto the plane and then go use one of those bathrooms because guess what? On the plane, the bathrooms are gender neutral, okay? Who wins and who loses in this situation? I know for sure that I lose. So how can we deal with our inherent vulnerability in a positive and constructive way? This is going to oversimplify it, but embrace it. We have to embrace vulnerability, even in the times when it sucks, right? Embrace the suck, embrace vulnerability. So what is the first way you might be being too hard on yourself? You're not letting you be you. 
Sometimes being true to yourself means being okay with being uncomfortable. I was hanging out with some friends the other day and they were having a difference of an opinion on a subject and one of them finally said, well, I guess that's why you are you and I'm me. Now, I don't mean this to say to give us permission to be assholes or disrespectful or anything down that line, but part of not being so hard on ourselves is allowing ourselves to show the world, this is me, no matter how uncomfortable that may be. Okay, so let's backtrack for a minute and talk about shame. Because as much as I want to focus on the positive side, we have to understand shame, what it is, where it comes from, in order to really understand vulnerability and how to embrace it. So when you look up shame in the dictionary, it says the definition of shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. But I personally like Brene Brown's definition better when it comes to human experience because she says, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore worthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. So yes, while shame could come from something we've done wrong, it can also come from just something we've experienced, done, or who we are inherently and have been made feel by others or ourselves that this is wrong. And then we've gone and made whatever that thing is make us feel unworthy of connection and love. So what happens when we actually do something wrong? Should we feel shame about this? Right, I feel like this is actually kind of a legit question. Should we feel shame when we actually do something wrong? I think we've probably all experienced this form of shame before, shame when we've done something wrong. So I'm gonna incriminate myself for a second, but without getting too much into details, as a senior in high school, I threw a party at my parents' house when they were out of town. And the party got out of hand pretty quickly. The cops ended up showing up and my parents were called. And yeah, the night did not end with some big happy ending. I clearly had made a mistake and felt so much shame about it. Shame tends to be triggered by our perception of what others think of us. And believe me, this is what was happening. My mom tells me when we think back to this and joke about it now, that she had trouble even giving me a real punishment after because I was so riddled with the shame and feeling that, oh my gosh, all my friend's parents are now gonna think I'm so irresponsible and I'm the worst kid ever and they're not gonna let me hang out with their kids anymore, right? I had this deep, deep feeling of shame and most of it was rooted in what others would now think of me. As humans, we have a basic human need for connection, belonging, and love that goes back to the beginning of time. So when we start to question whether we belong or that we're not loved or even not respected, this is when shame comes into play. And we don't like shame, just to be clear. Shame makes it very difficult to feel satisfied, to feel like we can focus, to feel like we can move on with our lives, right? So should I have felt shame about that situation? I believe this is the second way we are too hard on ourselves. And what I mean by that is we feel shame when we should feel guilt. When we make a mistake, we should feel something. Hopefully we're able to recognize, first of all, that we've made a mistake. And then maybe we feel some guilt for the mistake we made. As Brene Brown defines it, guilt is adaptive and helpful. 
It's holding something we've done or failed to do up against our values and feeling of psychological discomfort. When we're taking actions that are not aligned with our values, we're not on our path up our mountain, right? We've talked about this before. This should feel uncomfortable. There's probably some level of guilt happening here. But when this turns into shame, a feeling we hold deep down inside of us that we don't let out, and that makes us feel unworthy of love and connection, we're not left in a good place, and I can tell you that for certain. Shame can actually also make it hard for us to go through our day-to-day life. It can make it hard to achieve greatness, to ask for help, or even to express our feelings. Okay, and the third way you may be being too hard on yourself is you're impatient for success. I've worked with many great clients and athletes in my 10 plus years of coaching thus far, but even the great ones sometimes get really impatient when it comes to success. But these individuals can generally be steered back on their path. We can work together to help them through their frustration, through their impatience and say, hey, I'm just gonna keep going because truly there's no better answer. Now on the flip side, there is some people who are really, really impatient. There's some really, really impatient individuals out there. When there is no halfway point between your success and your failure, you will probably live in a constant state of anxiety that you have not accomplished anything. Sometimes I think about how the big companies all started out. Have you ever read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight? Even if you're not a Nike fan, I'd highly recommend it. But Phil Knight started Nike basically in his parents' basement, right? He had an idea, an idea to make some running shoes that were better than what was out there and started selling them out of his parents' house. Think about the infinite number of small wins that he had between then and now. And also think about the number of failures that he had between then and now. One of the biggest issues with being impatient for success is this generally leads to finding any little shortcut or quick fix to try and get you to the top of your mountain quicker. And a lot of the times, this does not lead to a better overall product. These shortcuts can leave you going back and forth between the same place. They can lead us to burnout and they can even leave you quitting and wondering why you even started in the first place. Part of not being so hard on ourselves is giving ourselves permission to do things at the pace they should be done, which sometimes, guys, is slow, and that's okay. All of this, guys, is rooted in perfectionism. We don't let ourselves be our unique selves because we're trying to be perfect in the eyes of others. We feel shame for mistakes we've made, which leaves us stuck because we feel these mistakes no longer leave us perfect. These mistakes in the eyes of others no longer leave us worthy of love and connection. And we feel we need to rush the process because anything less than a big success story is just not acceptable, right? Only perfection is acceptable. So part of being vulnerable is admitting to ourselves and others that we're not perfect. And in fact, we're embracing our imperfections. Allowing ourselves to be vulnerable shows strength and it shows courage. It does not show weakness. We've actually had a few instances of vulnerability regarding, you know, mental health in our sports world lately, probably the most notable being Simone Biles. Simone decided that she could not go on with the Olympics, right? And this didn't show weakness. This was actually showing vulnerability, which my goodness, I'm sure took a whole lot of strength and courage to do and for her 
you know, to get up there and not compete, right? She still remains one of, if not the best gymnast in the world, but she showed us in that moment that it was not perfectionism that she was reaching for. Part of overcoming perfectionism is being vulnerable. That may look like stepping away from something that doesn't feel right. It may also look like taking a risk, even if that means you may fail. Coming from someone who hated to lose when playing college basketball, I know this is easier said than done. Talk about seeking perfection. When you play a sporting event, there is one winner and there is one loser. All right. I guess at least in most sports, not all sports. So this always felt like what we were doing. We were trying to win, right? We were trying to be as perfect as possible to always come out on top. And when we lost, this felt terrible. And I really had to deal with these emotions. I remember after one big loss in particular, and this wasn't even really the end of the season. So I had to find a way to pick myself up quickly because we were, I think, playing again maybe the next day. But I remember after that loss, feeling so defeated to the point that I questioned why I even wanted to play. That's how emotional I felt after that loss. Like, do I even want to continue playing basketball? Which I know now sounds like so irrational, but in the moment, that's truly what I felt. Like, was it all worth it? Was the joy of winning greater than the pain of defeat, right? Does the joy of going through the process with the possibility of success, is that greater than the pain you may feel if you fail, right? If you're not perfect. And even to this day, sometimes I'll be watching one of my favorite sports teams play on TV in a big game and we lose and I find myself saying, gosh, I hate sports. I hate sports. Why do I watch them? Right? The pain of losing sucks. But I taught myself something back in my college playing days that has really stuck with me today. Right? And I kind of always go back to this saying or this phrase, it sucks to lose. It sucks so bad. But why does it suck? Right? We got to ask ourselves that. Why does it suck? It sucks because we care. It sucks because we've put in so much hard work to be here. It sucks because we want this team to succeed so bad or I want to succeed so bad. And all I can just continue to remind myself is do not stop caring. Do not stop working hard. Always choose those two things over not getting onto the court at all, right? And I'll thank myself later for that. Because guess what happens when you keep caring and when you keep working hard and when you keep being vulnerable, you keep getting closer and closer to your mountaintop. And really, this is like the biggest question. What's the alternative? You stop and guess what? You give yourself 0% chance at this point of ever getting to where you're trying to go. So when we're trying to overcome perfectionism, focusing on the small wins and creating an action plan that includes small steps for ourselves can be super helpful. Especially if you find yourself needing something to celebrate to keep going, this can help you enjoy the process a bit more. Trust the process is another one of my favorite sayings. When we're fully able to embrace the process, when we're able to recognize that this journey that we're on is pretty much never ending, and even when we do reach our goals, there will always be more, I think it really helps us to stop for even just a minute and be more grateful for what we have and what we are today. I also think this way of thinking really helps us recognize when we may need to slow down. Like part of overcoming perfectionism is recognizing that sometimes our body literally needs to slow down. Instead of continuing full speed forward every day, there may be a day where you literally need to tell yourself, no, I'm going to take care of my body, whether that's physically, 
emotionally or spiritually in order to make sure I can keep moving forward tomorrow or whenever my body feels ready. And believe me, I know this feels really uncomfortable. As someone who pretty much is in charge of my workflow on a daily basis, it can be really hard to distinguish between these different feelings, right? Like the feeling of, I have to keep going, or I just don't want to work anymore, or I literally need a break. It really does take some true mindfulness and really a true understanding of your body's needs and you know, physical needs, emotional needs to distinguish between those two things to understand, no, I actually need a break right now. It's not that I'm just being lazy or actually I need to keep going right now, right? So recognizing when our body needs a break is really a big part of overcoming perfectionism that I don't need to just keep going no matter what. And last thing I'll leave you with today is one of the biggest things I found that's really helpful when trying to overcome perfectionism is admitting what I don't know and asking for help. This can be hard for someone who wants to know everything. How do you ask for help when you're supposed to be the best, right? Here's the deal. No one has all the answers, including me, including you. So pretending we do does us more harm than good. Sometimes something as simple as saying, I don't know, can be so liberating. I don't know how to move forward. I don't know how to change. I don't know how to help myself. All right. I know that can be so hard to say, but trust me, it can be liberating. And, and that gives the people around us permission to step in and be the support that we may need. It's okay to say those things. And with that being said, I did want to kind of just let you guys know again that I'll be launching the Change with Coach K community very soon. I will be limiting it to just 20 members to start to make sure that every member gets the full attention they need. But this will be online. It will be truly for any person who needs support in making any kind of change in their life. This could be a health journey you're on, a career change, a change in relationship, or simply it could just be that you're wanting to spend more time with self-development and change your mindset. As a member of the community, you'll have access to resources, calls with me. You'll be able to participate in challenges and other various resources. So think of it like as a gym for your mind. If you're interested in this, please reach out to me. You can find me pretty easily on all social media platforms at Change with Coach K. I would love to hear from you and get you first access to this community. It should be launching by the end of the year. And with that being said, last thing I have for you is changing your path will not be easy. It will be challenging. I will say that over and over again, but it will be worth it. So do a self-check today. Are you on your path up your mountain? And if not, what path are you on?